0: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the world's most beautiful city, San Francisco, California, Ring Top, your inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts.
3: Now you're inside looking the world of combat sports. Straight up, my name is Pedro Fernandez. I am the reigning, the defending, the undisputed heavyweight champion on the radio airways, folks. And today we're talking Ali. That's right, Muhammad Ali in hour number one. We'll go with Ali in depth, of course, Ali and Joe Frazier. But we'll focus on Ali and his greatest nemesis, his greatest enemy, his greatest friend, his greatest foe, the great Howard Cosell, the mouth there word. So Ali and Cosell will be the focus in hour number one. Hour number two, we switch gears. We talk to USC, Bellator, MMA, of course. We'll have Chris Cyborg Santos here. That's right, the women's 145 pound world champion, the woman that could lick Dave in the other room, me and Scott Cuddy all at the same time, folks. She's the baddest woman, pound for pound, in the world. I kid you not. She's a monster. So we'll talk about Chris Cyborg Santos, and she'll be here in hour number two. Open phone lines around the planet one 800 878 play That's one 800 878 7529 The Skype line, yeah. If you're like from abroad, you want to Skype me from Mars, you can do that as well. The uh, sports, the Sports Byline Skype line addresses, Sports Byline and the number two. And get this. The Guilt-Free Text Line. That's right, guilt-free, baby. You don't have to leave your name, you don't have to leave your number. You just send me a text. 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. Basil Almancheco doing the uh, ESPN broadcast, of course, uh, series, their debut yesterday. So we'll talk about that in depth as well. Of course, the boxing taking in a new, new how could I put this, a new direction because of Al Heyman. Al Heyman put these fights on free TV. And now guess what? Bob Arum's putting fights on free TV. What took him 25 years? You are tuned to the mighty Ring Talk Live Worldwide Network.
4: little ditty about Jack and Diane,
5: two American kids growing up in the heartland.
6: Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940.
7: 800-813-9940. 800-813-9940. It has been said that everyone has a book in them.
2: Muhammad Ali will always be remembered both for his devastating jabs in the ring and for his playful barbs outside. And there was one man who was a frequent foil for Ali's one-liners.
11: That's legendary ABC sportscaster Howard Kosow, both men sharing a whole lot of laughs and a deep respect for one another, while the rest of us just got to sit back and enjoy the show.
5: Oh, that's me. What you call Let's it? tell it like it is. Right from the beginning.
12: i would have made you famous enough. Everywhere I go, you follow me to get your name in the papers and on television. You'd
2: still me- be stealing bikes in Louisville if don't
12: it not for tell people I stole bikes. You're being extremely truculent. Whatever truculent means, if that's good, I'm there.
2: I hope it's not an act. I hope you mean
12: it. If it's an act... Just look at my record and see if the, have the other fights been acts? Have they been acts? Not so far. Well, what makes you think I'm acting? <laughs>
5: hey! And with that final stage of the act,
12: this is unexpected. I didn't know you would invite me to do this. Oh, hold it. You must be on boxing position and just have a little dance like we're boxing, and, and just for one second. Now, I have to time it and for one second. <laughs> like to, and where and when I'd like to fight whoever you thinks the best the number one man I' would say he's Zor foley.
2: I'm not sure that there's anybody left really for you to fight you that may come about someday. Thank you for coming. Just stay in shape.
12: Well, I'll tell you coast Sal I've been taking oxygen because I needed the oxygen. What you will see is I won't need the oxygen tonight. I'm ready
5: said, Muhammad, you're not the man you were ten years ago, right? Right. Well, I'm going to ask your wife, Are you the man you was last year? You'll get a quick answer than that.
2: Back. I congratulate you. It's my honor. Your name is Muhammad Ali. <laughs> And that was so important to him to be called by the name that he chose for himself.
11: And I think that's how he earned Muhammad Ali's respect is because he was the, one of the first sportscasters to use his, instead of Cassius Clay, to refer to him as Muhammad Ali. But here you have two guys with enormous egos, seemingly nothing in common, but they used one another in positive ways. It, it's so great to it watch. They really
2: did, on paper at least, have almost nothing in common. But just the, the chemistry there was unmistakable. <music>
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. The great Muhammad Ali and Coward Cosell
3: of Cosell, the mouth of ABC Sports, Monday Night Football, I mean, you name it. I think he got he got, uh, he got fired because he called a running back. I think it was Mercury Morris was running up the field, I think with the Miami Dolphins. He said, look at that monkey run. And they took it as a racist knock. And I didn't think it was a racist knock. He just looked like a a little chimpanzee running. I mean, he just did. It just sort of, it it sort of fit with what Cosell was saying. And you know, I'm very anti-racist, but I thought that Cosell got a bad rap on that. Speaking of raps, I am on my way to Havana, Cuba, October the 23rd. I leave Miami, Florida along with a whole, uh, a group of folks. Of course, I'm talking about the WBO, the World Boxing Organization Convention, the cruise this year. That will be the convention. It'll be a four-day cruise. We will leave Miami on the 23rd. Return that following Friday. We'll go to Havana We'll go to the Bahamas. We'll cruise around the Mediterranean, the Caribbean. We'll have a great time. And get this, get this, get this. Some great champions will be there. That's right. I'm talking about maybe the winner. Most probably, I've been told, and I can't promise this, but most probably the winner of the Giannati Golovkin, uh, Canelo Alvarez, September 16th, of course, World Middleweight Title Fight. This goes down October the 23rd. You've got to make reservations, though, this week if you want to go. So you've got to go to wboboxing.com. Let's check it out. WBOBOXING.COM. If you want to go to Cuba with some champs, including myself, we'll have a great time. Paco Vargas is going to lead us, of course, on the 30th Annual World Boxing Organization Congress, the convention, going down October 23rd on the water. Leave him Miami, Florida in a cruise ship. Check it out, WBOBOXING.COM. Speaking of WBO, two-time world champion. I'm talking about WBO Super Featherweight Champion. He was also an amateur champion, two-time, I think, Olympic gold medals as well. I'm talking about... This, uh, Vasil now nine and one, just nine and one. Ten fights, they're talking about him being maybe the best fighter in the world or one of the best fighters in the world. He's one of the best, but the best, I don't know. I think they're pushing a little bit, especially with this promoter Bob Aram coming out of Fortnite ago and saying that he's the greatest fighter since get this Muhammad Ali. Uh, well, that that, that remains to be seen anyway. He beat up on Miguel uh, Mariaga last night. Mariaga came in from Colombia at 25 and two, left 25 and three. No surprise there. 21KLs he could punch, but Lomaseco is the complete package. He can fight. He can box. I think he's learned the uh, pro ranks a little bit after being mugged in that one loss by Orlando Salido. And then you say to yourself, wait, wait, Pedro's talking about this guy being the best fighter pound-for-pound pound world or, or maybe one of the top three or four pound-for-pound pound fighters in the world, and he's 9-1? and one? He's not, He's already lost a fight. You're saying he's that good. Well, he lost to Orlando Salido under, how can I say this, mugging circumstances. What I mean by that is Salido didn't make weight. They were supposed to make weight like I think 126 pounds. Slidio came in like 130, and he was going to make weight. So then he went back and he put on another 10 or 15 pounds. He came in like to the ring like 145 pounds. And Lomachenko, being the true, the true, uh, uh, the true boxer that he is, and the true athlete, he didn't, he doesn't gain a whole lot of weight after weighs. Most of us don't. When I used to weigh in at 139, I come in the ring maybe mm, 42, 43, never any higher than that. Just didn't work. I mean, when you got higher, you got slower, you got bloated, and things like that. Obviously, weight, is, weight plays a big role in the world of professional boxing, and Lomachenko got mugged by Orlando Salido. It won't happen in a rematch if and when it takes place. But now, 9-1, Lomachenko, the WBO 130-pound champion. You are tuning to Ring Talk live worldwide all across America. Of course, I want to welcome my listeners here in the United States as well as those listening abroad via the various Internet platforms. This is Ring Talk live worldwide twice weekly. Your inside look into the world of combat sports, both boxing and mixed martial arts. We are Saturdays, at 11 a.m. Pacific time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern time, as well as Sundays at 11 a.m. Pacific time and 2 p.m. Eastern time, right here on the mighty Ring Talk Radio Network. So Lomachenko was the winner last night. And, of course, Lomachenko, pound for pound, one of the best. Tim Bradley, the man with that acorn-like head. Speaking of acorns, we'll have Ernie Shavers on at about 40 minutes past the hour. Of course, the acorn, that's what Ali called him, the acorn, because he was bald and had a head like an acorn. But he hit hard, the hardest hitter in the history of boxing. I will bring you the hardest hitter in the history of boxing, bar none. I mean, there's just, there's nobody even comes close. Anthony Joshua, George Foreman, Mike Tyson, none of these guys come close. That's how hard that Ernie Shaver is hit. So we'll hear from Ernie at about 40 minutes past the hour. But another acorn, an acorn of this era, I'm talking about Tim Bradley's retired, of course, the man that had that controversy went over Manny Pacquiao sort of made him some big bucks and kept him around a little bit longer than I Thought he should have, but the bottom line is Tim Bradley has announced his retirement. We wish him the very best. Speaking of Manny Pacquiao, according to uh, Jeff Horn's trainer, Glenn Rushton, he wants Manny Pacquiao tested for Flintstone vitamins. That's right. You know, Manny Pacquiao does have a, has been alleged to in the past by many, many people, and myself included, to have taken uh, Flintstone vitamins. Now, what are Flintstone vitamins? Not Fred v, not, not, <laughs> Steroids, performance-enhancing drugs. I'm trying to disguise it by calling it... Flintstone vitamins, trying to make it cool here. But no, they're not cool. Steroids are not cool. I think when Manny was knocking all those guys out, when he was knocking, you know, Margarito out, the guy that was like 20 pounds bigger than him, knocking him dead, knocking Cotto dead, knocking these guys dead, I think it is my personal opinion that there was some additional uh, motivation behind his performances. I'll just put it to you like that. Something was getting him to recover a lot faster in the corner than the average fighter because when I looked at the corner, Manny would go back a little huffing and puffing, and then 20 seconds later, no huffing and puffing. He's, like, relaxing. He could get a manicure in between rounds. He was so relaxed. I kid you not. The bottom line is fighters should be trying to regain their cardio in between rounds. Manny didn't have to regain his cardio. That's why I think he was on performance-enhancing drugs. But, of course... They had this fight uh, about a month ago, of course, in Australia, and Manny Pacquiao coming up on the short end of a WBO 147-pound decision. And now Jeff Foran has said his manager wants this steroid testing for November the 12th. They want, uh, how can I put this, random drug testing. You can't do random drug testing in the Philippines. You can't do it. I mean, they tried to do that stuff over there with Manny Pacquiao before, and he's always been able to slide away from this and slide away from that, you know. He's not training in the United States, per se. And unless the WBO really gets behind us and mandates some type of uh, before the fight and during training drug testing, I don't think it's going to happen outside of, the of course, the, the post-fight drug test. Straight up, World Boxing Organization Francisco Val has talked incessantly about the use of performance-enhancing drugs in the sport, and he hopes that the current testing procedures will eliminate that. I think that cheaters will always find a way to cheat. No way, no how. It just happens that way. You are tuned to the mighty Ring Talk Live Worldwide Radio Network for Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on your radio dial. This is Ring Talk with open phone lines for your entertainment. That's right. We talk sports, folks. Combat sports. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. You listen to Ring Talk live from the city by the bay, San Francisco, California.
10: The sun can make your outdoor deck and patio space so hot and uncomfortable you can't use it.
7: That's 800-797-1256. 800-223-0992. 800-223-0992. That's 800-223-0992. Just, I told you what I was going to do before I did I told you I was going to
5: jab him in the corner. I was going to let him take all the shots. He was, he will. Any heavyweight that he will witness, he will do right. Frazier was, Martin was. Don't move, don't I it. told you there's no skill, I told you he don't hit hard, I told you it would be a total mismatch, George Foreman still one of the greatest heavyweights of all time? <laughs> no, that's not fair, he's never <laughs> that's not fair, <laughs> that's, that's not fair,
0: just, just because I'm beating you, he's not the greatest, credit. October 1st, 1975, the last historic confrontation between Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, the largest closed-circuit TV audience in history, was treated to one of the greatest fights in heavyweight
1: history.
5: People want to see me and Joe Frazier!
1: They still there are times think being a genius not want to see
5: handy.
4: All right, since Jess and
5: I
14: only ordered three drinks and split the and chicken, Fulmer. and you guys ate about they three want
1: quarters see
5: me of me it... Annihilated Fraser and George Fullman will beat Frazier every day in the week. George Fullman will beat Ken Norton every day in the week And I will beat George Fullman every day in the week right. But the fools still think that that chunk, Joe Frazier, can beat me Because he went the distance twice and he ended up on a close decision I'm going to give him a real whooping And I wrote a poem, some of you heard it But this is a little conscience, I got a little gorilla here This is his conscience, I keep it right in my pocket Everywhere I go Back there. And I wrote a sharp poem. It says it will be a killer and a thriller and a killer when I get the gorilla in Manila. That's right. (laughs) And I got his conscience right here to keep me on guard. See, see his way he looks when you hit him. <laughs> all night, calling it to me. All night in Malaysia. That's all you're gonna see. The Philippines, Rebel. Come on, gorilla, we in Manila! <laughs> Come on, gorilla, this is a thriller!
0: Now more bring talk with Pedro Fernandez
3: Godfather of Soul, James Brown. Saw him go on stage like mm, 2000, 2001, like over in Oakland, Col- Oakland, California. The Paramount Theater on backstage with Tower of Power. We're having a little party, you know, because they opened for the Godfather of Soul. So they tell me, you got to go back to your seat now. Well, I wasn't one of those guys. I'm not a conformist. Okay, so I didn't go back to my seat. I hung around backstage, and out came James Brown. And they had to put the fur coat around him and all this. Oh, it was so cool. They held the mirror up. His hair was perfect. and he went out on stage with the J.B.'s and blew him away. The Godfather of Soul and Pedro Fernandez, circa 2000. Oakland, California, the great Paramount Theater. You are tuned new Ring Talk, live worldwide, 32, take that 33, make that 34 plus years now. You're inside look into the world of boxing and MMA. Join me on the toll free if you'd like, 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-759. The Guilt-Free Text Line is open as well. The address, the number, 415-275-1613. The Guilt-Free Text Line, 415 275 one six one three. Floyd Mayweather is talking about making three hundred million dollars for this this farce against um, Conor McGregor on the twenty sixth of this month. Okay, they haven't promoted this all as well because you don't you can't promote a farce. You can't do it. I mean, if, if you really promoted this, there would be no fight to promote. Unless, God, it, it, how can I put this? It would take like you know the odds are like fifteen to one or something like that. Those aren't high enough. They aren't high enough. I mean, we're talking about a boxing event here. This is not a mixed martial arts fight. This is not something where Conor McGregor gonna be able to bite him or kick him or elbow him or, or anything like that. I just can't do it. You can't do it. This is boxing only. And of course, McGregor never had a professional boxing match, had like three or four amateur boxing matches, okay? Big difference between the amateur and the pros, believe me. Sometimes the amateurs are tougher than the pros because you don't get to select your opponents like you do in the professional ranks. But I got to tell you, Conor's not an accomplished boxer. He's being lit up like the White House Christmas tree by Polly Malinaji, Of course, the retired former 140-pound champion, of course, out of Brooklyn, New York, the former United States United States Golden Glove champion. I guess it was about guys you know, in 2000, 2001. Pauly's been around a while. Anyway, bottom line is Pauly's licking him like a stamp in training. And if Pauly's licking you like a stamp, and he's your sparring partner, that doesn't bode well for your. For, for the results against Floyd Mayweather. Because Mayweather, whether he's 40 years old or not, yes, he can get old overnight. Do I think he's old? Yes, I do. Do I think he's a fraud? Yes, I do. Do I think he's the, the worst thing to come along for boxing in, in decades? Yes, I do. And why do I say that? Because, you know, I say it time and time again. If, if Floyd Mayweather, if he was a pornographic movie star, he would, have been, he would have never made a movie because there are no money shots. That's just the way it is with Mayweather. He talks about the money. He talks about knocking people out. He's going to knock Dave out. He's going to knock me out. He can knock me and Dave out, but he can't knock out anybody else. When's the last time he knocked anybody out? He had a little short Filipino in front of him like Manny Pacquiao, who wasn't on drugs that night for sure because they were testing up the yin-yang, okay? But he didn't have one arm. Remember his right rotator cuff muscle was torn apart? He had to have surgery on it. Was it was a it was a, it, was a, it was a, That was a theft. I mean, they went into a fight knowing they didn't have a right hand. They knew they didn't have... 50% of their arsenal. But then again, it was all about that money. Speaking of money, back to the money. Mayweather's going to make a reported $300 million off this fight. He must have conned somebody that's a billionaire out of that kind of money. Because I can't imagine that many people really wanting to watch this. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm going to watch it because I'm going to Ricky's Sports Theater in San Leandro, California on Esperian Boulevard near East 14th Street. Did I, did I make that plug sound enough? Anyway, the bottom line is, I'll be at Ricky's, August 26th, to watch Carter McGregor, of course, and Floyd Mayweather on the big screens. There's like 19 million big screens in that place where it's the number two ranked sports bar in all of America by Sports Illustrated Magazine, Ricky's.com. Check them out, Ricky's in San Leandro, California. So I'm not going to pay for that. And Ricky's probably going to you know, take care of my dinner and a couple of drinks. And I'll have a great time. It'll be a fantastic evening for me. But I'm not going to come out of the pocket 100 bucks to watch this fight. I'm not going to do it. I wouldn't do it as a fan. I wouldn't do. I'm not going to do it as a member of the media. Okay, I'm not going to spend hundred bucks to watch Floyd Mayweather, forty nine and zero as an as a professional boxer, take a 1996 Olympic bronze medalist. That's how long he's been around now, 21 years. Isn't it just time to go away, Floyd? Just go away, man. Just go. Because you know what? Although he's got his, his base, he sort of reminds me of uh, uh, of El Presidente, the charlatan. He's got his base, but he's got really nobody else. I mean, because people either want to see him get licked. Or or, or or they support him. And the people that support him, it's in the minority. It's not in the majority. Believe me, Floyd Mayweather, not pound for pound, one of the most popular fighters in the world, regardless of the money he's made. I kid you not, regardless of the money he's made. And had Muhammad Ali, even Mike Tyson been around in these era where you could cut out the middleman and be your own promoter and things like that, guess what? Those guys would have made zillions of bucks as well. Open phone lines around the planet, one eight hundred eight seven eight. 878 play That's one eight hundred eight seven eight. 878 Seven five two nine. 9 coming up the next segment of ring talk live worldwide check out ernie shavers man i think he was like 78 and 12 as a pro like 68 knockouts this off the top of my head 68 knockouts something like that he knocked out he, he he was a monster he couldn't get sparring partners it was it was incredible we'll talk to ernie shavers in depth about his career about muhammad albi about larry holmes in this upcoming segment of ring talk live worldwide some other fights that took place uh over the weekend, of course, Carissa Fields, the two time Olympic gold medalist here in the United States. Now, I think the women's 160 pound world champion. Maybe her and the welterweight champion from uh, from uh, from the from Netherlands should hook it up. I mean, those two long time champions. Because if Fields is a real deal, and I'm not saying she isn't, you know, she's an American fighter, but, you know, much like Ronda Rossi, when Ronda Rossi got hot, it was because she had people to beat up on. Does Carissa Fields have people to beat up on? You need opponents. Of course, Oscar de la Hoya did not get to 24-0 before he fought for the WBO title and have him 24 guys to beat. Okay, Mike Tyson didn't go to 25-0 without having 25 guys to beat. The most important part of building up a fighter is getting them fights. And, of course, fights you want him to win and learn from. Of course, Oscar De La Hoya, man, pound for pound. One of the best fighters, of course, to come out of Mexico, but he wasn't a Mexican, and that's what they had against him. I never understood that. He was a gringo. He was born here in the United States, so he wasn't cool. And they sort of... This, they sort of dissed him, even though he had an Olympic gold medal. Of course, I had him on the show many times in the past, and the Mexican fans, the true Mexican fans from south of the border, when I was when I was on extra extra F, extra AM. Was it six something? Like, anyway, that was down there in Tijuana. Of course, that was the Tijuana side of the San Diego border. Extra, but man, we used to rock the Mexicans' dog Delahoy. I'd have Delahoy on the show. It'd be taped, and they're calling the phone lines, lighting up, calling him a Bedeo and things like that. You know, and all he was was a young kid. They came out, made a lot of money, had a lot of ability, but I don't think he ever reached the zenith that I thought he would when I looked at him in the amateurs. And I'll tell you what, man, when I used to watch him in the gym, I was watching a kid when he was an amateur. Before he went to the Olympics in 1992, I was watching a kid that ran off 8, 10, 12-punch combinations. Like, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, boom! And he finished with a punctuated mark and back, and people would, like, drop in sparring. Professional fighters would drop in sparring. I mean, he embarrassed John Montez at one point in time. I think John was had only lost one fight to Hector Camacho, and he came in the ring, and he just got embarrassed. I mean, Oscar was just that good. As he turned pro, I think he got a little safe, and I think he got his bell rung a couple of times. He realized, hey, probably this getting bell rung kind of stuff is not for me. I'm the pretty boy Oscar De La Hoya. And he went to a safety first mode. Of course, he did that, especially in that fight with Felix Trinidad for the World Welterweight Championship, the undisputed title. Straight up, he sort of stunk the joint out that night. But you can't blame Oscar. You got to blame Gil Clancy, the late Gil Clancy. Am I kicking dirt on the dead? Yeah, I am. Why can I do that? Why am I doing that? Because, because it's fitting. I mean, Gil kept telling him, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing fine. You're doing fine. Keep running. Keep moving. Well, guess what? He wasn't doing so fine. He lost the stretch. the fight down the stretch. Of course, very controversial loss for Oscar De La Hoya, then undefeated him in Trinidad back in the day, baby. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Right here on the Ring Talk Radio Network, you're inside looking to the world of combat sports, boxing, MMA, and, of course, we talk a little pro wrestling as well. Coming up on Ring Talk Live Worldwide, we'll spend some time with the hardest puncher in the history of boxing, the hardest puncher in the history of martial arts, the hardest puncher ever. I'm talking about Ernie Shavers next on Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
7: That's 855-325-1780
15: Life It's made up of the simple day-to-day moments that keep us all running on full full of joy, passion, and restlessness It's singing full-on to your car radio with the windows wide open It's a whole bunch of early morning rush hours and a few late-night runs for Rocky Road It's full of pit stops and drive throughs It's life. And we live it between fill-ups at Valero. Valero top-tier certified quality fuel keeps your engine running cleaner, better, and longer. Find a station near you at ValeroCleanGas.com. At Valero, we believe life gets lived between every fill-up. So whether you go down the road on two wheels or four, whether your Wednesday night is spent racing to the grocery store or down a track, and whether you're dropping off the mail, the pizza, the kids for all of the above. We're here to make sure you're never running on empty. Valero top-tier certified quality fuel keeps your engine running cleaner, better, and longer. Find a station near you at ValeroCleanGas.com. A
2: year ago this month, at 4800 San Jacinto in Houston, Texas, this man refused to take a step. For the past year, he's been virtually incarcerated in this country. He's undergone all of this for the obvious reason, that he didn't have the courage to fight such as Joe Fraser, Jerry Quarry, How and Jimmy I Ellis. Mean,
12: why would you say that? I didn't have the courage to fight uh, Joe Fraser and and Jimmy Ellis and Jerry Quarry. I mean, why would you say that? I mean, you know, I've never showed no fear of nobody. And why would you, uh, as many times as you have came to my fights, knowing you had money bet on other people, I beat them. <laughs> I mean, why would you seriously? I mean, why would you s- sit here on television and and talk about? uh... Oh, me being afraid of jerry Carver or joe frazier i mean that's wrong i mean we just don't get along no kind of way
2: and you've been spreading that kind of gospel at every college mm-hmm. campus yeah, every in this college country that
12: i go to every college that i go to everybody asked me about how cool sale. why is it that you and Howard co-sale can't get along and my answer is we just don't get along i mean you just talk a lot of stuff that don't make sense i mean why would you <laughs> open up the show and uh... uh... you told me you would ask me a few nice questions why would you open up a show talking about i'm afraid of joe Frazier and jerry quarry you really believe that they have a chance against me well i think you i'm come to all of my fights. you follow me all over the world germany london canada and while and 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 have see you at ringside talking about these homemade champions
2: and then do you really believe they could beat me i'll answer that question in a moment i first want to document your record you were troubled by a less than mediocre southpaw named Mildenberger in Germany. Cool, you showed me nothing against Chavallo, relying upon the what fact that I he gave you, you water nothing. on the knees with low blow-up on the... you
12: seen lo- me hurt a beat. What you mean I didn't show you nothing? <laughs> that's, that's that's the kind of appreciation I get from you, from you coming all over the world. The The company wouldn't pay your way to these countries for nothing I, if I wasn't fighting so regularly you wouldn't have gotten to see the world and now you are gonna down me because I'm not fighting and talk about uh I, I got trouble with these boys
2: I beat those boys easy now wait a minute this marvelous wristwatch what were you frightened of I, mean, I wasn't gonna hit you why did you move
12: I mean why would you jump over here uh, because
2: I want the people to see the wristwatch that oh. you bought in Frankfurt West Germany Yeah. only because only because I found the person who'd sell it to you more cheaply than anybody else in the whole country.
12: Well, for once you, but well, after all, I mean, what's you getting me a deal on the watch? If it wasn't for
2: me, you wouldn't have got to see Germany. <laughs> all right. My record is clear. I,
12: I will shuffle again. Don't you worry. You get your homemade champions ready and line them all up. I'll be watching the television with you at ringside popping off about how hard he hits and this and that. You let Ellis and Quarry fight it out and then let Joe Frazier meet the one or whoever the uh, homemade champion is uh, I may say the Mickey Mouse title. Uh, I have a belt at home. Says world heavyweight champion. And for a man to be the champion, he's going to have to take my belt. And the day that he meet me, and if he beat me, I'm going to hand him my belt. And I want you to be the announcer that night because I want to see you quiet. I want to quiet <laughs> you at once and all.
2: Ah, you son of a gun, you've had enough fun with me. You know that the one guy who has persistently maintained that there is one heavyweight champion in this world is Howard Cosell. And I have said repeatedly... That you you're could right. beat all of you're these right. guys. But you make
12: a lot of cracks. I mean, you just said I had a lot of trouble with these boys. and You're talking about me getting out of boxing in time to duck Frazier and this and that. And I don't know what you're going to do.
2: Mm-hmm. You don't look as broke as you're supposed to be. No, what you mean, broke? Oh. Everybody says you're broke. You got no money. You gave it all to uh, Elijah Muhammad.
12: No, how could I give it to Elijah Muhammad? I mean, the government, the American government, took 90% of, of all of my money before I got it. You know that local sponsoring Group had that deal called the Joe Lewis Tax Law.
2: Back to the matter is the thing you've missed most over the past year were the steady vocal sparring sessions that we enjoyed on Wide World of Sports. Well, we had a lot of fun, but
12: uh, let's let the other boys have a chance and build some more contenders after beating Zor Foley. You know, no one was left for me to fight. So I think even if I was still fighting, it would have been good for me to step aside for two years and let them fight it out to see who deserves the honor to fight me. It's been fun. We've missed it. Well, things make it better soon. One more shuffle. Well, if I do the shuffle, you might have to scuffle. <laughs> We've done that too. Good luck to you. Thank you.
3: The great Muhammad Ali and Howard Koso, from Muhammad Ali to the hardest hitter he ever faced. I am honored, folks, with the presence of my next guest. Of course, he is called the Acorn, the Black Destroyer. I call him Ernie Shavers. Ernie, how's life treating you, my brother?
16: Life is great. And the fight game, I'm a lot from Binge Wise. I'm well known worldwide, so I can travel all over the world. Uh, I stayed quite busy
3: seventy four and fourteen with one draw let's talk about your boxing career before we get into Ernie shaver's two thousand and seventeen Larry Holmes told me one time me and Larry were kicking it in Antigua. You know where Antigua is It's one of the islands out there in the Caribbean.
16: I've been there, yeah, Yeah,
3: so me and Larry are kicking it on the beach, and I'm saying, you know what's it like, man? I mean, you know, fighting these dudes. you just fought some bad dudes. He goes, yeah, he goes you know I said, Larry, you know the only time I ever got knocked down in a fight was when I didn't see a punch coming. He said, "Yeah." He goes, "That applies with everybody." I said, "With everybody except one person." I said, "Who's that?" He goes, "Ernie Shavers." He goes, "You can see the punch coming, but it don't matter. You probably going down. You hit that hard, man."
16: Yeah, I was I was a tremendous puncher. See, I grew up on a farm, doing bales of hay. We had an old wooden furniture. Did a lot of chopping trees down for to go up on the coal. So they built up my leg and back must That where the power come from.
3: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. But you know when? How can I put this? Holmes told me you hit hard. I, mean, I was with Ali in in Macau a couple on a couple of different occasions in this and that. And we talked about hard punches, this and that. And he said Ernie Shavers and Ali wasn't the most vocal guy in the world in 1994. But he just rolled his eyes anytime I mentioned your name. Man, keep him away from me. Keep Ernie Shavers away from me. Ernie, I mean, they they loved you, but they didn't want you around.
16: Well, I got along with Ali. Ali and Larry both were good to me. Ali mm-hmm. let me use the training camp to prepare for Jimmy Ellis fight and three other fights. Larry always worked for me when I needed spine partners.
3: Interesting. So what was now? now who now, who got you started in boxing? Who was a manager? I can't think of his name right now. A little short guy. He fought. Um, he used to fight back in the day as well. I can't think of his name. Who Who am I thinking of?
16: Pedro Tomaz.
3: No, no, no. The, the little Jewish cat. The little Jewish cat that was with Don King. Remember, he, he lost you to Don King in a contract dispute or something like
16: that? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, but he, he didn't get me started. That guy didn't get me started. Pedro told me I got me started. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He, he, the Don guy did work for me uh, while I got in the fight game. But Pedro told me I had I found out how young of That's what started me in 70, like in 1967.
3: Okay. When you hit people and they fall the way they did, um, what did that, what did that say to you? Did you, I mean, you realize early on that you could punch, but when you could punch harder than any man in the history of the heavyweight division, and that's how you're regarded as the hardest puncher in heavyweight history. George Foreman has told me that Muhammad Ali has told me that Larry Holmes has told me that if those three guys tell me that I'm going to believe them, you are the hardest puncher in heavyweight history.
16: Well, see, I grew up on a farm, see, I did a lot of hard work. Uh, we did a lot of chopping trees, throwing bells of hay, hauling bags of wheat, and that made me become a hard puncher with developing back and leg muscle where the power come from. So when I start boxing, I'm naturally a puncher then. I just, uh, it taught me how to punch correctly.
3: You know, they put guys that aren't even boxers in the world in the International Boxing Hall of Fame like Sylvester Stallone. He's an actor. They put him in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. They got boxing writers they put in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. You're the hardest puncher in heavyweight history, in the history of the game, in the history of Marcus of Queensbury Rules, in the history of boxing, in the history of martial arts. You are the hardest hitter ever. You should be lo- you belong in that Hall of Fame, man, just as much as those other guys do.
16: Uh, let me tell you what, I'm not in a sir. I'm in a couple of Hall of Fames. I just won one last year. I'm in, I, I See, the Hall of Fame, they contacted me. When we come in, I didn't want to do it. I felt so much. I would not up to sign out and grab some work three or four days. So I don't want to do it. Hall of Fame, that means nothing to me. God knows, punch hard. that's all I need to know.
3: But you know what? Boxing fans, I think, would they feel that you deserve your props, and that's where your props would come.
16: Well, sir, can I tell you something? I'm in two or three Hall of Fame, and they, a Hall of Fame doesn't mean nothing to me. The world knows it. The fans know it. That's all it that count.
3: Well, we put you in the ring talk, Hall of Fame. No doubt about that, man. The hardest puncher pound for pound in the entire world. Now, Ernie Shavers, Larry Holmes said that you could see your punch coming and still get knocked down. How can I put this? Um, I told you earlier. I, I've never been knocked down by a punch that that I saw coming. So I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was like to be able to see a punch because when you can see a punch, I don't know about you, but when you can see a punch coming, you can sort of like stand up to it. For some reason, you could take it. But when you can't see a punch coming, it's like
16: man, things happen. <laughs> well, see, I'm such a powerful puncher, and I, I punch a lot harder and faster most people believe it caught us big, up slow. I had, had a lot of speed yep. and a lot of power. And that's what the knockouts, I, I to knock him out with.
3: 74 and 14, 68 knockouts. Considered the hardest puncher in heavyweight history. Of course, he told us how he got that punching power. Now, what is life like for Ernie Shavers 2017? Life
16: is great. I get, uh, I'm known worldwide. I used to go to Europe. I work in Europe. I work all over America. Uh, I got four or five meetings coming up now. I'm leaving out this weekend. Uh so I, I do a lot of traveling. I do a lot of work. Ernie, Ernie, I, I,
3: you I, Ernie Ernie, you gotta get me some work. You doing all this work, you gotta get me some work.
16: <laughs> well see the fight game been so good to me and I treat people fair. See, Archie Moore, Sugar Ray Robinson, Rachel Marchand, all those guys told me what to do when I retired. How to treat mm-hmm. people and how to care of myself, I do it and then working for me.
3: You know, I I got to work with um, two of those guys, of course, the great Ray Robinson, Warren Walker-Smith. He and I spent much of a weekend together, the Tommy Hearns-Roberto Duran weekend in June of 1984. He was staying in the hotel room across from me in the old Aladdin Hotel in Las Vegas, so I got to spend some time with him, and, you know, man... He wasn't only the greatest in the ring, as far as pound for pound is concerned, but he was an outstanding man as far as outside of the ring is concerned. He really knew boxing. He knew more about society and people than you can imagine for a prize fighter. He was well well versed and a very articulate man.
16: Oh yeah, I met him here in Las Vegas. He gave me some good advice. I listened to it, and it worked out well.
3: Well, that's good. Anyway, what do you um? Uh, what's What's what, what, All right, what are you doing this week? What's Ernie Shavers doing this week?
16: Well, I go back to work next week, I'll be up in uh, up in uh, somewhere out midway with some was out there, personal appearances out there. Okay. Uh then I got three or four places uh lined up now to make appearances, I uh, do autograph signing and stuff like that. So I, I stay quite busy.
3: Okay. When you look at the I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a hard question here. hundred and eleven national football league players were tested that died recently, and they were tested in after they were dead for their brains as far as brain damage was concerned, and all, 110 out of 111 of them came up with this severe brain damage called CTE. Now, boxers come up with that a lot less. Is that, Do, you, do you, I mean, if I had to, believe it or not, I know I boxed, but if I, I played football as well, but if I had to send my kid in, in in a direction, I wouldn't send him in the direction of football. Believe it or not, I'd opt out for boxing instead. I think it's less dangerous. Look,
16: can I tell you something? Huh? I'll tell you how to- I played high school football.
8: Mm-hmm.
16: Football is that's a tough sport. It, compared to boxing, it, I mean, it's much tougher than boxing. I mean, was, I I enjoyed it while I'm playing, it, but it's a tough, tough sport. I thank God that I did play when I started boxing. When I got tired from working hard, I thought of a of football day. I kept it on going. Wow.
3: Well, Ernie, we wish you the very best of luck and continued success in your future. And of course, I think the Kentucky Boxing Hall of Fame is talking about inducting you. And I think they should. I think every boxing hall of fame around the world should induct the Acorn, the Black Destroyer, the great Ernie Shavers, the man that put people on their butts. And guess what? They all knew it. They had been hit by Ernie Shavers, and life was never the same after that. So we thank you so much for spending some time with us today, man. And we wish you the very best.
16: Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you, man. The great Ernie Shavers.
5: away
0: The song is called Attitude Dance, Mighty Tower of Power,
3: Circuit, 1991, Tom on lead. Man, that was, those were the days, no doubt about it. You can always check out the Masters of Funk at TowerofPower.com. This segment of Ring Talk Live Worldwide brought to you by AAA Discreet Investigations, folks. We're based here in San Francisco, California. We handle, of course, California and the adjoining states. But if you've got an issue, you think we need a private investigator, let us know by checking us out on our website, AAA.com. D I N V dot com. That's triple A discrete investigations of San Francisco, California at A A A D I N V dot com. As I said earlier, Clarissa Shields now four and oh two time Olympic gold medalist. Of course, now the 160 It doesn't say which one says 160 pounds, the other one says 168 pounds. Anyway, the bottom line is she picked up a couple of belts and beating on a girl that probably had no business being in the ring, or she's only got four or five, she's beating up girls and decisively to have 16 wins, uh, coming in with 16-0 with a a nine knockout record. So I guess Carissa Fields can fight, and she may be, you know, pick up where Christy Martin left off. Christy Martin, of course, was making big money back then. She was like the main support for a lot of Mike Tyson fights, and she made a bundle of cash. Of course, she was most infamously uh, associated with her husband, who was about 25 years older than her. I think his name was Jim Martin, and he stabbed her and he shot her and he couldn't kill her. He stabbed her and he shot her and he couldn't kill her. He got upset that she was involved, I think, in some lesbian relationship or something like that. And he got all hot and upset this and that. He tried to get all macho. Instead of getting macho, he pulled out a gun, he stabbed her, and then he shot her. And he couldn't kill her. And now he's in jail for the rest of his old life where he belongs. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside. Look at the world of boxing and MMA. This is our number one of two right here on the Ring Talk Radio Network. Of course, hour number 2 we'll switch gears, talk a little mixed martial arts, baby, bring in, of course, the King John Jones, the Queen. I'm talking about Chris Cyborg Santos, and, of course, the mouth that roared Robbie Lawler, the former welterweight champion. So lots of MMA to talk about up in the upcoming hour of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, coming up right here on the Ring Talk
10: Radio Network.
18: USA Radio News with Rod williams We have some overlapping interests. It would be better if our relationship was better. But our relationship is not good right now because of Vladimir Putin.
19: Rather than blaming Congress for poor relations with Russia, Senator Tom Cotton said he's blaming its leaders. If you drive a GM pickup, listen to Lisa Campbell.
20: Yep, a recall is underway. Almost 700,000 Chevrolet and GM pickup trucks over a steering issue. The 2014 Silverado LD and GMC Sierra LD might have an issue with software that causes a brief loss of electric steering assistance or power steering. Owners of the involved trucks can take them to a dealer for a free software update. You can see if your truck is on the list at safercar.com.
19: USA Radio News. Hi, Wyatt Cox Classic
21: Radio Theater, and my high blood pressure just about killed me. Which honestly makes me like millions of other Americans, many who don't even know they've got high blood pressure. Could I suggest you check your blood pressure and check out the Zona Plus? Air Force researchers found this effective, non-invasive, and drug-free treatment that uses isometric therapy, and clinical studies found more than a 10% drop in blood pressure for regular users of the Zona Plus. Check it out now online at orderzona.com that's orderzona z o n a dot com or call 800-936-9080 use promo code USA2017 and you can save 50 bucks reduce your blood pressure the drug-free way with zona plus and use promo code USA2017 to save 50 bucks 1-800-936-9080 or online at orderzona Dot .com don't delay do it today
19: New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is defending President Trump and saying that the media loves to overreact.
18: The coverage about how monumental this was is just a fundamental misunderstanding of the way this process works.
19: The overreaction was the Wall Street Journal's report on Special Counsel Robert Mueller. This
18: is a normal step taken by a, pro- a careful prosecutor who's doing a, a thorough investigation. And I think that's exactly what Bob Mueller's doing. But
19: Congressman Adam Schiff says the Trump criminal probe is moving into a new phase. Uh, that
2: wouldn't be taking place uh, if there was really no evidence, no evidentiary basis to move forward.
19: The FBI is investigating an explosion at a mosque in Minneapolis. 15 to 20 people had gathered there for morning
9: prayers. There was uh, a smoke coming out from the imam room and the window was broken. The first prayer was happening at five o'clock exactly. All the congregation went out and they saw this huge flame and, and smoke coming out.
19: USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Allyn Root for
6: Pre1933.com. I've been the single biggest BBB, backer, believer, and buyer of gold for over 15 years. But now i found a better way to buy gold. i found the Uber of gold. This company, Pre1933.com, will forever change the way gold is sold. Pre1933.com is a wholesaler of Pre1933 gold. They have no salesman, zero commission, prices no one can compete with. Call 855-PRE1933. That's toll free. 855-773-1933. Or go to Pre1933.com.
19: He is now known as the Crasher-in-Chief. President Trump strikes again in a New Jersey golf club. USA's Chris Barnes with the tale.
17: On Saturday, President Trump stopped to take a selfie with a number of people there to attend a wedding reception at Trump National in Bedminster while wearing his trademark red Make America Great Again hat. Trump waved and smiled at the other guests before walking back inside. The president spending the next few weeks in New Jersey on what he emphasizes is a working vacation as the heating and cooling system is being replaced at the White House. I'm Chris Barnes.
19: It almost looks like a real play of Katrina in spots of New Orleans, America's below sea level's biggest city. Lisa Campbell reports the unusual weather.
20: After flooding in the desert on Friday, Las Vegas, today New Orleans is literally underwater. The Crescent City is soaked after heavy rains on Saturday caused flash floods throughout the city. New Orleans got up to 10 inches of rain Saturday, leaving residents on Sunday, wading and boating through four feet of standing water. Thousands have lost power. It's expected to be restored by tonight. Many residents are now wondering why the city's water is now draining so slowly.
19: You can get all your news 24-7 at www.usaradio.com. This is USA Radio News, and I'm Rod Williams Stoll.
22: Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063, 800-957-6063.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the world's most beautiful city, San Francisco, California, Ring Talk: your inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts.
5: Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that?
0: Ring Talk on Sports Byline is brought to you by the World Boxing Organization and ringtalk.com.
17: Yes, sir. Happy days are here again. And now,
0: the host of the longest-running fight show in history.
17: What are you doing? I'm starting a fight. He's going to finish it for me.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Pedro Fernandez. Pedro Fernandez.
3: Damas y caballeros, bienvenido, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the MMA Hour of Ring Talk, live, worldwide. Of course, we're talking mixed martial arts for the next 60 minutes right here on the Ring Talk Radio Network with open phone lines around the planet, and they're toll-free, so it means it don't cost you a dime. 1-800-878-PLAY, that's 1-800-878-759. You can check us out via the, text, the guilt-free text line as well. The number, 415-275-1613. If you want to just drop us a line, you want to go on the air, that's cool. 415-275-1613. Well, USC 214, all about the man, John Jones. Of course, now living in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But back on top, baby, as far as the light heavyweight championship of the world is concerned. Of course, making uh, making Daniel Cormier cry to Lincoln. I mean, Cormier, very emotional in this fight, of course. He really wanted to beat John Jones, the only man that had ever beaten him. Of course, that was about a year and a half, almost two years ago, but it wasn't meant to be. John Jones, the best MMA fighter, pound for pound in the world, no doubt about it. I don't care who you put up against him in any weight class, John Jones beats him. And that's why John Jones and Brock Lesnar is the super fight. This is the fight. That's the fight that I want to see. Both these guys, I don't care if they're taking steroids or not. Let them both take steroids. Let them fight in an Indian reservation somewhere where the rules don't even count. I kid you not. This will be the biggest pay-per-view event in history. It will not be the farce, the farcial, uh match that Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor are. Because as ma- as matter doesn't matter how much you like McGregor, he's not going to touch Floyd Mayweather. He ain't going to hit him in the ass with a tennis racket. We all know that. You're tuned to Ring Talk. Live worldwide from the city by the bay, baby, San Francisco, California.
6: Call now for your free face to face consultation. 800 813 9940. 800 813 9940. 800 813 9940.
23: Hi, Rick Tittle here. You may know me as the sports talk host. I can talk about all sports football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, rollerball. But this time I'm here to talk about pain. If you have pain in your knee or your back like I do, then you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. If Medicare is your primary insurance, then you could qualify for a back or knee brace at little or no charge. I have an old injury from my football playing days. And anything that can help take that pain away and make it more manageable, that has my attention. I love the free delivery and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for back, ankle, knee, or shoulder pain, please call the Health Alert hotline at 800-428-1570. That's 800-428-1570. Agents are standing by 24-7, so go ahead and call now,
7: 800-428-1570. It has been said that everyone has a book in them, but do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Ladies and gentlemen, referee Big John McCarthy has called a stop to this contest at 3 minutes 1 second of the 3rd round. Declaring the winner by
5: knockout. I'm here with the winner, John
24: Jones. You made it back. I made it back, man. Man. man, such a beautiful moment. man, I did a lot of the right things to get back in this position. Man, I tell you what, man, anybody at home let yourself down. you let your family down. You let your peers down, your coworkers down. you let yourself down. It's never over. As long as you never quit, it's never over. I'm back here. Yeah. Oh yeah
1: John, with all that you've been through over the last few years the bitter, the bitter rivalry between you and Daniel All the emotions All the struggle What does this feel like right now To have that belt back around your waist And hear Bruce Buffer say And new Undisputed light heavyweight champion of the world
24: It feels unbelievable man it feels unbelievable. It's a, it's a surreal moment. Man, thank you guys. Thank you all. Everybody. All the love, all the support. I know it hasn't been easy to root for me. But I've had the most loyal fans ever. I love you all thank you so much. Even the haters. All the negativity, all the discouraging things that were said. I love you guys too because you guys motivated me and pushed me to just keep fighting and to prove you all wrong. So, I love you all. Well, I just want to thank my, my coaching staff, Greg Jackson, Mike Winklejohn, Brandon Gibson, A.J. Style, Tusa, Mike Beneville. I got the best coach, Lawrence. I got the best coaching staff, Jesse, my swim coach. Uh, but, um, but uh, you know, we know that he likes to dip his head to the left, and we were begging on him to instinctually dip that way sooner or later. And, uh, you know, I didn't throw many any high kicks, and... I surprised him with that one, and, and, it, and it did the job. It's over, John. It's over. He came back. It is over, yeah. You know what, Joe? I want to take this time to thank Daniel Cormier for being my biggest rival and motivator. Daniel Cormier, guys, he has absolutely no reason to hang his head. He has been a model champion, a model husband, a model, a model father, a teammate, leader and i aspire to be a lot more like that man because he's an amazing human being unfortunately we're opponents but outside of that he is a true champion for the rest of his life congratulations john
5: i hope your life from now on is nothing but good
19: john jones with a Lesnar.
24: If you want to know what it feels like to get your ass kicked by a guy who weighs 40 pounds less than you, meet me in the Octagon.
0: Now, more Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Brock Lesnar, John Jones, the fight of fights, folks. That's right, it's a fight. It's not a, a,
3: a partial event like Mayweather or McGregor. I mean, think about that. McGregor's never had a pro fight. He's had a couple of amateur fights. You're going to put him in there with a 40-year-old Floyd, Maywe- Floyd Mayweather. I don't care if Floyd mayweather has been smoking a crack and doing hookers for the last three years. Um, he still has enough left to outbox Conor McGregor. Of course, McGregor getting lit like, lick like a stamp in uh, sparring sessions with Paulie Malignaggi. And despite the photo that you saw on a couple of websites where Malignaggi is laying on the canvas, he was pushed down. He wasn't knocked down. He was pushed down. For the most part, Malignaggi, a former junior welterweight champion, is kicking the snot out of Conor McGregor. In fact, he has left McGregor's training camp. McGregor, of course, early on, Jesse Vargas said he was dropped and knocked out by a punch. So he's going to go into this fight. How can I put this? With a lot of confidence as an MMA fighter, but no confidence as a boxer. And when you go in there, it's like, it would be like a carpenter showing up at a plumbing job or a plumber showing up at a carpenter's job. It ain't going to work. There's a difference between a hammer. Okay. And a pipe wrench. It just is. And, Unfortunately, that boils down to this fight. It's Mayweather's backyard. Mayweather called the shots in this fight. Mayweather got the size of the gloves that he wanted to use. They're 150% bigger and 150% heavier than the gloves that Conor McGregor is used to wearing. Think about that. 150% heavier and 150% bigger. So that means it's going to have less punching power. His punches are going to move slower. And, 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 and the bottom line is all that padding just made for Floyd Mayweather, baby, 10-ounce gloves. Of course, Floyd wanted this fight at 154 because he can use 10-ounce gloves in Nevada. Of course, if it was 147, they'd have to use 8-ounce gloves. I'm not trying to say that, that, that Connor would have a bigger... Yes, Connor would have a greater shot with an 8-ounce glove than he would a 10-ounce a glove, but, you know, 2 ounces doesn't sound like much, but when I used to fight with 8s, and then they put 10s on me, it was like wearing a pillow. Of course, we used to train with 14s, but we used to fight with 8s and 10s. When I fought with Ace, you could feel the you could feel my fist right up at the front of the glove. And the ten ounce gloves, you couldn't feel it that way. Anyway, back to John Jones beating Cormier. Of course, Cormier the light heavyweight champion. And uh, when you know when John Jones was in exile because of his drug issues and his police issues and all that kind of good stuff, but he says he's back on track. We wish him the very very best of luck. The Welterweight contest was only the card. Tyrone Woodley, the world Welterweight champion, not too impressive in the minds of Dana White, taking out Damian Maya with a decision across the board 50 to 45 and 49 to 46 on two cards. So, you know, he won all, basically all five rounds, or 4 to 1, but then he gets knocked by Dana White. Unfortunately, Dana White is still the face in the mouth of the USC, but I don't think that's going to last too much longer. And a lady we'll hear from a little bit later in the show. Christina Justino, that's what he calls, she calls herself. Now, I'm talking about Chris Cyborg Santos, the Monstress of MMA, took out Tanya Enviger. Tanya lasted to the third round. Sort of sad that Tanya had to take that kind of butt whooping. I would use another word, but she took such a butt whooping, it was like, I was, like, cringing. Because, you know, anytime that you get into the octagon or any time you want to clash with this lady, Christine Justino, Chris Cyborg, the cyborg, the monstrous. <clears throat> any time you want to clash with her, you're going to probably lose because she's that good and she's that dominant and she's that strong. If you saw the fight she goes through to make 145 pounds, her weight class, you would say to yourself, jeez, I couldn't imagine going through that. I mean, she's in a sauna, she's screaming, they're steaming her down. Oh, my God, she's in pain the whole nine yards. I watched a fighter getting dragged out of a sauna one time in a rubber suit. Two occasions, the Reno Hilton and the Las Vegas Hilton both were the same fighter. I'm talking about Jorge Maromero Paez. They wrapped him up in a plastic suit, and they threw him in the, in the uh, sauna, and they wouldn't let him leave the sauna. I kid there was a dude standing in the sauna. I couldn't figure out why this guy was standing in front of the sauna door and wouldn't let me look inside. Well, I figured it out a little bit later when they came busting out the door and Paez was being carried. And then Paez looks at me and he goes, homie. He me and Paez went back. Of course, the, the clown prince of Mexicali, Mexico, man, it was so cool. When we went down to Mexicali. You said the word Maromero Pias, you knew Jorge Paez, or you were hanging with Paez, man. You were like the king of Mexicali. Anyway, Jorge Maramero Pias comes out of the sauna and looks at me and says, homie, homie, no mas box, no mas. I mean, he was so weak, as is Chris Cyborg Santos, make 145 pounds, and yet 24 to to uh, 30 hours later, she's ready to take some girl's head off, but she's weighing close to 160, if not 165 pounds. So I think we've got to get this weight class thing, as far as mixed martial arts and boxing together. And that means we need to weigh people in three hours before the event. You got to fight at the event. You got to fight at the weight that you're the champion at. I don't think you should be. Listen, when I was a junior welterweight Golden Glove champion, three years running, four and all. Okay, I didn't, you know, I didn't like get away with being 10 or 15 or 20 pounds overweight after weighing in. You just couldn't do that, man. Besides, it's not good for you. I mean, it gives a lot of people an an edge in muscle mass, but it doesn't do enough for your speed. And, of course, those fluids, rehydrating yourself is really, really, really important for that fluid surrounding the brain when it comes to Taking Punches. You are tuned to the Mighty Ring Talk Show, live from the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Open phone lines around the planet. 1-800- 878-PLAY. That's 1-800- 878-759. The Skype line. Is Skype happening? Yeah, Skype's happening as well. The address is Sports Byline and the number two. And of course, the Guilfrey Text Line. I'll get to the the four or five texts I've got here at the other side of the break here. And of course, the Guilfrey Text Line number is 415- 275-1613. That's 415-275- 1613. One, you are tuned to Rink Talk Live Worldwide. Tower of Power, baby. He's bringing us down to the nightclub. Got the been
5: straights and the bad boogaloo. A big old bag of treats down to the nightclub. Aha. huh You can do what you want. You can know how to fly
25: to the
7: nightclub. Ooh. We be slay, slay, slay. And all the people be. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets?
11: we're backstage at ufc 214 there's so much going on right now I'm with a victorious robbie lawler robbie you don't seem like you even want to fight with the expression on your face what's going through your mind right now uh,
4: it was a long training camp uh a long road back uh i wanted to do better than that it was a close fight uh i thought i could have finished them i didn't uh i'm not out here to get decisions and get fight of the nights. So i'm out there to knock people out and uh finish people cowboy was tough as hell tonight uh Another one of those fights where the opponent just won't go to sleep for me.
11: I mean, it was an incredible fight. I know that you're disappointed, but I've got to tell you, fans and everybody who watched couldn't be more thrilled. We wanted five rounds of that. Um, talk to me about that first round. Was that the intent, knowing he's a slow starter, to come out there and try to get that quick finish?
4: Um, I, I like to start fast if I can, and uh, I was just able to, to hurt him a little bit, stun him a little bit, but I, I uh, didn't do well to finish him. Uh He was resilient, uh, did a great job of uh, not taking too much damage, and uh, it is what it is, and I got the decision.
11: You certainly got the victory. Um, Talk to me about the new training camp. You made some changes in this year that you've had off. You now work with Henry Hooft. Kami went with you. Tell me what that's been like. Was it a challenge to step into the octagon with a different corner this time around?
4: No, the challenge was just getting back in there and get the timing down. Uh, We're going to build from here and get better. Uh, It's been a a long layoff. I've been working, but there's nothing but like uh, competing uh, to get you ready for a fight, and uh, now it's just building from here.
11: Absolutely, we cannot wait for your next performance. I know that your main priority right now is go see your friend Matt Hughes, and we wish him all the best. Thank you for spending some time with us. Congratulations, Robbie. We waited a year for this, and to us, you did not disappoint. Thank you. Thanks.
0: Now more ring talk with Pedro Fernandez, talking about former UFC champion Matt Hughes. That's a
3: buffoon. Uh, what am I trying to say? He tried to beat a train to a crossing. That's right. He was driving his truck, and he tried to beat a train to a crossing. Listen, you can never, by looking at a train, you can't distinguish, you can't figure out how fast it's going just by looking at it. You just can't do it. And I'm telling you, I mean, I, I've seen it time and time again. People try to beat trains, and they guess what? They lose. If you come in contact with a train, you're going to lose, much like those folks riding bicycles in San Francisco. I'm one of them. You come, in con- you come in contact with a car, <laughs> you're going to lose. Of course, we heard Robbie Lawler coming back to from the break. USC post-214 match over the Cowboy Donald Strone taking a unanim- unanimous nod across the board <clears throat> in a two-round-to-one uh, uh, decision, 29-28 as far as the official scorecards were concerned. But Lawler wants back in the welterweight title picture. Him and Woodley, that would be a pretty good fight. But of course, Dana White, not, the Wood- not Tyrone Woodley, the current welterweight champion, not his biggest fan, no doubt about that. Now, the upstart on the card, the guy that everybody's uh, sort of concerned about, and John Jones couldn't remember this guy's name or couldn't even think about his name. He just happened to say that he beat Jimmy Manua. That's right. We were high on Jimmy Manua. Why were we high on Jimmy Manua? Because he had a left hook like Ernie Shavers. He could knock people out with one punch. Bang, lights out, Jimmy hits you. But he telegraphed it. He sent it like via Western Union. And when you send a punch via Western Union, guess what? There's a good chance the guy can beat you to the punch. I mean, if I had, I had a nasty, wild couple, couple of nasty, wild left hookers I used to fight, I used to wait for them to crank up for that hook, and either I would beat it with the jab or I'd try to beat it with the right cross. But I would beat it with the jab hands down. Hands down, that wide punch, you're going to beat it with the jab. The jab beats every punch, okay? But that right hand, if you sneak that right hand lead in while he's winding up that left hook, guess what? He's open, and you'll catch him. Anyway, the bottom line is at the end of the day, hmm, when I'm looking at Jimmy Manua, he can punch, but he can't catch. That's the way it is for a lot of guys that knock people out. They think they're invincible. They're knocking people dead. I mean, they're just laying people out like corpses, looking like the morgue. Okay, Jimmy Manuel is knocking people dead. But then he got knocked dead by a guy by the name of, are you ready for this? Volkan, no, he's not from the planet Krypton. <clears throat> Volkan Ozdemir, uh, of the former Soviet Union. Of course, he is now 15 and one is a professional, good-looking fighter. He can. Uh, how can I put this? Can he challenge John Jones for the title? And well, John mentioned him, but not by name. John Jones, of course, once again the world light heavyweight championship. Celebrate, baby, because he's one of the best that will ever, ever step into the octagon or the cage, as far as mixed martial arts is concerned. Former world featherweight challenger. I'm talking about Ricardo Ricardo Yama, of course, came up short against Jose Aldo a couple of years ago. <clears throat> Defeated Jason Knight with a TKO in the very first round, four thirty-four in. Some other fights on the card. Alamon Sterling beat Renan Borel, Who was Renan Barreo? Renan Barreo was 34-1 and one at one point in time. Or <clears throat> take it back, 33-1 at one in point in time with a draw, I think. He was a world bantamweight champion. He ran into TJ Dillashaw. He got beat by Dillashaw not once but twice, and Dillashaw beat him so bad that if they were gay partners, he would have been arrested and convicted of domestic violence. That's how bad the beatdown was of Renan Barreo. And he had a 33-1 and one record coming in. We said, you know, he's probably not going to get beat, not by this upstart, T.J. Dillashaw, but T.J. mopped the floor with them, not once, but twice. So, Braille's done. He's been like, he's like one in four in his last five fights, but he lost to Alan Sterling in a catchway fight at 140 pounds. He wanted to come back at 135 pounds, and the Athletic Commission said, no, we will sanction this fight only at 140 pounds. Some other fighters on the card, I'm not all that pumped up about this because the rest of the card sort of sucks. So, we'll talk about the UFC in the future, but of course, the UFC's going on hiatus now. They're not happening again. I think, what is it? The next day, September the 2nd, in the land of hash, baby. I'm talking about hash I'm talking about the Netherlands. Straight up, UFC going, UFC fight night. Going to be tripping off to the Netherlands. And you know Dana White likes that hash. Joe Rogan likes that hash. It'll be a good time for the boys of the UFC when they go to the place. Of course, they get it now in, in, in Nevada. But I'm just trying to tell you, the Netherlands was the place this all started out. Anyway, the bottom line is, let's go to the Ring Talk phone lines and bring in Richard.
26: What's happening, Rich. Well, it's like this. When you you had Ernie Shavers on earlier, and you announced him as the hardest puncher, and I pro- I probably believe he was, but I was thinking, hey, I only heard the last five minutes, unfortunately, because uh, sometimes the station that carries that, S P Nation, they don't really put you on. They put something else on that you're on today, so that's good enough. But with Ernie Shavers, well, I wanted to find out. You said he's the hardest puncher. I'm going to ask this. This is just something that interests me. He's the hardest puncher. Who is? Who would you say would be the most durable and, like I guess that is the most durable fighter ever? And it goes back to probably his era back there with Ernie Shavers. I'm just wondering. I don't think this person ever got knocked down. I don't know that he ever won a championship, but he was a tremendously He could take a punch. He'd throw a bunch of punches, and then as soon as somebody hit him, he'd go into a shell and just take punches from him. I don't think he was ever knocked down. That's the one thing I was wondering like that. Do you have any idea who I'd be talking about?
3: No, but I like Jake LaMotta. He's still alive. He's like 91 years old, the oldest living world boxing champion. Of course, he was the toughest guy I ever met, and he took a shot better than anybody because – Sugar Ray Robinson unloaded on him, man, and he refused to go down. And I remember him like, saying, "I didn't go down. I didn't go down." And of course, he was famous for that great chin. And you know what's funny is all the punishment he took in his in his career, he's not punch drunk at all. I mean, not even slightly. At the age of ninety-one, you can still carry on a conversation with Jake LaMotta, the former Raging Bull. Well,
26: I just wanted to tell you who I was thinking of because it doesn't go back that far, Jake LaMotta. I think he was back
3: in the 30s or 40s, wasn't he? In the 40s
26: and 50s. Okay, well, this guy was in Ernie early Shaver's era, era, era. His
3: name is George Chavallo. Okay, George well, Shavalo, George Chavallo was the shrimp-eating champion of Cana New York. And why do I say that? Because I sat down with him in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, and he was a big, fat guy. I don't know if he lost any weight since, but it was like 15 years ago. And he sat down, and he ate like 300 shrimp. I'm not kidding you. He ate three. <laughs> 300 of them and we we rap for like we rap for like three hours you know about two and a half hours sitting there i went through a few sodas and some french fries and and a few few shrimp here and there but he went through like three plates of a hundred shrimp each but you know george has been been rocked his family's been rocked by tragedy the former canadian heavyweight champion of course they went the distance with muhammad ali refused to go down all the other heavyweights as well um but his I think his two of his kids committed suicide or one of his, his one son committed suicide. I think an ex-wife committed suicide. So he's had some tragedy in his life. But he's, you know, he's another guy that can can read the um, read the New York stock stock, uh, stock market as far as the New York Times is concerned. And he's another guy that can do the New York Times crossword puzzle. But then again, Jerry Corey, before he became punch drunk, he could do the New York Times crossword puzzle as well. When he died, he couldn't tie his shoes.
26: Oh, okay. I mean, that might be the case, but I just remember him fighting. I just don't remember him ever being knocked down. You say he was a Canadian champ, but he didn't win any championship here in the United States, did he?
3: No, no, but he challenged for the heavyweight championship. Of course, when, when Ali, when they couldn't find anybody for Ali to fight, when they couldn't get a, a sight for Ali to fight here in the United States when he forced, when he took on George Vala, they wouldn't allow him to basically give him a, a big sight fee he anywhere here in the United States, so... He went to uh, he went and fought George Favallo in Canada. Of course, George Savalos. I'll get to his record in just a minute. But man, seventy nine and eighteen, sixty four KOs. He was stopped two times. He was stopped by. Um, let's oh. see. He was stopped by George Foreman, and he was stopped by Joe Frazier. Outside of that, he was never ever stopped. And I'm not I'm not showing here that he was knocked down at all. I'm just showing he was stopped by both guys. I don't remember the fight, so and I don't remember either of those fights. But I got to tell you. He was a class act, and he spent some good spent time with his, with his boxing fans up there. And, you know, in and New York, boxing is king, man. That is the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Of course, they don't serve much booze up there except for at Graziano's. That's the only place. But the casinos, the casinos are dry. Can you imagine it? You've ever been to a gambling casino they don't serve booze? No, I go to a
26: gambling casino quite often. And uh, do they serve booze? Yeah,
3: they sure do. Yeah, they all do. Anyway, Richard, all the best, man. You digging those fights on Fox Sports or what?
26: I missed the one last night, but i tell you what, you're talking about the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Would you say it's worth your while to go, go there? I've never been there, but what I think I would absolutely love to go there, see the old-timers, see the ones I saw in the 60s and 70s, is it worth going there? Is
3: it worth, where is the International Bo- Boxing Hall of Fame? Where is it? Running up on a hard break here, Richard. So I'll in Canasota, New York, and I would go there. It's IBHOF.com, IBHOF.com. The 2nd June of every year is the parade, the induction ceremonies, the International Boxing Hall of Fame, Canasota, New York, one of the hallmarks, of course, of the World Boxing Organization. They support the International Boxing Hall of Fame, as do they do this show. This is Ring Talk live worldwide, baby.
13: To love
7: 800 223 That's 800
1: You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738.
0: Daniel, give us your thoughts right now. I don't know,
9: man. Uh, I thought the fight was going well. I don't even know what happened. This guy got kicked in the head. Oh, man. So disappointed.
1: You know, I don't think it's a good idea to interview fighters after they've been knocked out, but I really wanted to give you a chance to express yourself. I know this was an incredible moment for you. It was very emotional. What, what can you say at all about this and the rivalry between you and John? I don't know, man. I guess... If you win both
3: fights, there is no rivalry, so I, I don't know. Thank you for everything, Daniel. Daniel Cormier, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
3: That is the Oakland Stroke, baby, as Oakland's right across the bay from San Francisco. Of course, the Tower of Power is from Oakland, California. Check them out, TowerofPower.com. Of course, USC going down Mexico City last night. I'm not all that thrilled with him when flyweights fight. I don't know why. Of course, Demetrius Johnson is considered pound-for-pound pound one of the best fighters in the entire world, but I do want to mention that Tyson Pedro, who's got the best name in all of mixed martial arts, the undefeated light heavyweight, of course, what's he now? 6-0 and 0 with six stops, never went to a decision. He'll be fighting soon. I just want to mention that he'll be fighting. You know, I think this is in November. It looks like he'll be on the November card as far as the USC is concerned. Now, the USC has been rocking and rolling, of course, with lots of events after events after events after events, but they're going to go quiet for a month, which is, like, unusual for the UFC. It really is. I mean, the UFC is just usually, like, you know, they got events every four or five days sometimes, twice a week. And, of course, I think the the oversaturation, the fact that they've went to the pay-per-view well so many times, week you know, month in and month out, regardless of their, whether or the fact they've got pay-per-view quality fights, I think that's hurt them. I think it's going to hurt them in the long run. Of course, the next fight's going to go with Stefan Struve. That's going to go down in uh, the Netherlands. The home of Hash, baby. Ohoy Rotterdam. That's going to mean the Rotterdam Netherlands. Of course, going down September the 2nd. So the USC <clears throat> is quiet as an entity from August the 5th to September the 2nd. A long time for the world of the top franchise sport as far as MMA. As far as top franchise in the world of in the sport of mixed martial arts. Of course, Anthony Pettis' his brother, a winner on this card. Am I all impressed with that? I keep telling you, man. flyways for some reason. Even though Demetrius Johnson, he's exciting. <clears throat> he's supposed to do all these things great, but I just don't, I just don't, I just, I, I don't know. So, I'm missing something. Dana White says he's the best fighter pound for pound in the entire world. I'm missing something. Anyway, Sergio Pettis, the brother of Anthony Pettis, the former lightweight champion who I thought was going to be around for a long time, I gave him the kiss of death. Anytime I say that a guy's going to be around for a long time, it's the kiss of death. I remember um, uh, uh, Chickenito Gonzalez, Humberto Gonzalez was like 48-0, like Thirty-eight knockouts or something like that, and I'm saying this guy pound for pound is going to be the king. And I went down to L. A. to watch him fight at the Forum, and he quit like a dog against a thirty-seven to one underdog. He just quit. I mean, he just quit. I mean, he's a pound for pound best fighter in the world. I'm going, you can't do this. In fact, in the Associated Press photo, you see the fight when the fight's over. I think referee Marty Sam is waving off the fight. You see me standing on the ring apron saying, "What? WTF?" WTF! I couldn't believe it. I mean, I had talked about this guy for years. He was the best fighter. Oh God, I was going to go see him fight for the first time ever, and he's fighting the guy. He's a thirty-seven to one favorite over, and the guy's name was Rolando Pasqua from the Philippines. So you never really know when the Buster Douglas or the Rolando Pasqua is going to show up. Anyway, <clears throat> sir, I don't know how I got off on that tangent. Sergio Pettis beat uh, Ricardo Moreno. That was a unanimous nod across the board. Of course, it was a five-round flyweight television main event. So five five-minute rounds there. Uh, Alyssa Grasso did a catchway fight at one eighteen. She beat uh Randa Marcos. And of course, some other fighters on the card I really don't get up for because I don't know a lot of these guys. You gotta I mean, I understand these guys gotta get play. And there's like, you know, there was it was fight twelve fights in all. Six were a decision and six were uh and six were um uh knockouts or submissions. <clears throat> and that's all pretty cool in this you know, balancing it down the middle, but I'm just I'm just, not a big fan. I'm just not a big fan of some of these fights. i really not. I think you need to put on quality rather than quantity. Speaking of quality, my next guest is the quality of the women's division. No doubt about it. They call her the
5: Cyborg.
27: It's a long journey to get here, a lot of starts and stops, times that it seemed it would be impossible for you to be a UFC champion. So now that you've had a few minutes to soak it in and think about it and maybe spend some time with the belt, how does this moment feel for you?
9: You know, I think the belt, the UFC belt coming in perfect time. You know, I think I'm in mean, prime in my career. Uh, in the fight, I feel very relaxed. And then, you know, before I, I throw like 50 punches and touching my opponent like 30 times. But now I, I see more and I see, the, you know, where I can punch, sweep the punch to. And, you know, I, I feel great. I feel really happy and be part of this. This is this ended one chapter in my career. And then you're going to begin the you know, new things in my career. I'm really happy. Very blessed.
27: When you fight, it is very much like Mike Tyson. People expect you to get the job done early. And in, is, you seem to say that you're happy, that you're more patient in picking your shot. So the fact that this went to the third round, does that upset you at all? Or, or are you comfortable with your performance tonight? You no, know,
9: my team always said, relax, Chris. You can show a little bit your game. Because then watching me at the gym every day. And then I have say I have jiu-jitsu, I'm brown belt jiu-jitsu. And people think I just throw punches, you know, and if we're lucky, I kill girls. And then I would then tell me, Chris, relax, you know, do something. You can show, improve your game to you. And so, but you cannot think like that, you know. I think it a lot of experience, you getting better at this. But I was never thinking about that. But today I feel very relaxed. I feel, ha- I feel good. I feel very, very good.
27: I know you want to enjoy this moment, but you're used to being a champion, and that means facing new challengers. Uh, what does make sense? This division is still so new. We're still sorting it out. I mean, Megan Anderson was supposed to be here. Is, is that the fight that makes the most sense to you? What, what fight makes sense for your first defense?
9: You know, Sammy, the 135 pounds, then start with Ronda, and started a little bit, a little bit, and now then make the division. I think the 145, they're going to be the same. And I'm happy to be part of this. And, you know, I, I can fight anybody who I'm still going to put front me. You know, I'm going to keep training, keep you ready, and be like semi, semi, I'm keep training, and be the number contender one, always training for, keep the belt.
27: Chris, congratulations. Thank was she you. tougher than you thought she would be? Huh? Was Tanya tougher than you thought she would be?
9: No, I was new. I, I knew she's a tough girl. I think she's have a, she's top ten, 135. You know, I'm really happy she's have the the big opportunity, the big big platform like UFC, and did the first fight. And I hope she's have the opportunity her division. But she, she did great. I, I know I know her. I watch her fight. She have a heart. And I knew with her I can show more, little bit more my game, my kicks, move, relax. I I, I knew she was gonna be a tough girl. I, th- I know she's not going to quit to one punch. When you were dreaming about becoming a UFC champion, did it feel the way it feels now? This dream is a long time ago. I had this dream. And, but a lot of things coming in my career. And man, I'm very thankful to have this opportunity to be the third belt different organization. you know. And I feel very happy. I'm you know, very blessed. And the first day I start training, I keep training. I mean, 12 years, I started two thousand is five training I keep the train same time, same same way every day I turn every day I learn every day I never stop because I know people watch me for want to beat me and I keep just training the invest and
27: I know the day you're gonna come day today the day. and you didn't want to talk about it much beforehand but your contract is up in October what do you think is going to happen now
9: I don't know I'm gonna have a meet soon for sure and I, I don't know I just think about now I'm really happy with this victory and then after that, for sure, you know, we're gonna have news. Do you wanna resign? <laughs> I'm really happy about today, and let's see, you know, I think we will working, start working together, and I think it's gonna get better. And then today, I think that i defy them maybe they make it really happy, FC happy work with me, and maybe we can work together. Yes?
27: And, and just one more who do you think would be next if you do resign? Who do you see? Because it, it, it doesn't sound like Megan would be ready anytime soon. Is there anyone on your mind?
9: You no, know, I want to fight soon. I want to fight December. December. No, Megan. Megan.
27: Yeah, it doesn't sound like she'll be able to.
9: You know, I don't know about Megan. You know, I accept to fight her. And I don't know if she cannot come in. I cannot fight in I say maybe I can fight Australia for her. I want to fight. You know, if you have fight, I don't know who we're going to be. I never choose my opponent. I just wait to see who who's UFC going to put next.
27: Uh, Chris, uh, we saw Tito was with you throughout the build-up. He's over here shooting right now. What does this relationship mean to you? I, I, I guess, you know, what what has he brought to you, and how does it feel to have such a special relationship with, you know, a manager and a friend?
9: You know, I met Tito. Uh, we trained together at the Cleber Gym, and then I was he He's tried to triangle me, and I pick up him and boom that bad stack him and then he after that I think when he's top five and he started to be managed, he's remember about this, about this day. And he's contacted me with George Projean, and then we start he's say he's coming perfect time. I really I really upset everything with my career and he said I wanna help you. And he's giving the hand and then you know I everything he showed me and then help me every I just get the opportunity and keep training and he's just you no know, keep training he's gonna he say hey, he say this day you're gonna come this day today I'm the world champion FC champion he told me when we start, we start work together and then I'm really thankful we like a brothers and then he's always he's not just managing he's my coach too and to teach me wrestling and a lot of elbows I don't throw today but we know a lot of elbows I'm learning getting better and, you know, I'm really happy, very blessed to have his in my life and be part of my team, and he be he champion with me.
27: What's it going to mean to you to bring that belt back to Brazil?
9: Hey, <laughs> I think everybody, you know, it'll be two champs, Brazilian champ, me and Amanda. And uh, I was in Brazil, then wait so long for watch the fights. And, you know, it'll be, it'd be amazing everybody wait for it. You know, I think I'm, I'm very thankful for all my fans because then make the opportunity to fight in UFC 140. Catch weight and now if it put this belt with me now because then did then make this and I very thankful all my fans.
3: Chris Cyborg Santos, 32 years old, 18 and one. The only fight she lost was her professional debut. She's rolled off 18 wins since then. Get this: as I said, 32 years old. The key statements you need to take out of that prior interview, that press conference post USC 214, of course, was that quote: "I kill girls (laughs) when she hits them. She I kill girls and." She body slammed Tito Ortiz, the former world light heavyweight champion, 205-pound champion in the gym. He's probably about 225, 230, and she body slammed him, threw him into the ground. So she's an amazing athlete. She's amazingly, she's incredibly strong. And like I said, I don't want to give her the kiss of death and say she's never going to lose. As I said with Humberto Gonzalez, and he quit like a dog. So we'll see what happens with her. But she is coming up on a contract. Signing with the UFC, she neither needs to resign or go to Bellator MMA. It might be a perfect time for her to go to Bellator if the money was right. She's captured the UFC title; she's got that. Let her go to Bellator and make some money. Because right now, in the US, unless the UFC wants to step it up with the women, 145 pounds, there is no division outside of Chris Cyborg Santos. There is no even number one or two contender. I think that one girl we talked about, Tanya Evinger, that she just fought, she moved up from 135 pounds. There's nobody at 145 for her to fight. Speaking of fighting, GSP George St Pierre, of course, the comebacking former welterweight champion, the king of the well, the king of Canada, the Canuck, the Canuck himself, King Canuck. That's right, the former welterweight champion. Of course, the flag bearer of the USC for several years, retired in 2013. Former welterweight champion was supposed to come back and challenge Michael Bisping for the middleweight title, but that was put off. Of course, he thought he could beat Bisping pretty easy. Didn't want to step down to drop down to 170, to take on the aforementioned Tyrone Woodley. But now it appears that. Tyrone Woodley and GSP will hook it up at USC 217 on November the 4th. November the 4th, according to Dana White and the USC, this fight's going to go down. GSP, the returning Canadian, the Canuck, and I mean that affectionately, the king of the Canucks. That's right, straight up. He was a bad dude. Not not the fighter I think that people thought he was. I mean, he wasn't invincible or anything like that, but he was just GSP and he was he was good for his era. Now, don't think so. I think it will get licked like a stamp with Woodley. You are tuned to the Ring Talk Radio Network, 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-759. This is Ring Talk, live worldwide from the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. De-bump,
5: de-bump, bump city. Sitting by the dance floor, checking it out. Watching the man with the fast feet. Got the hippie strands and the fat boogaloo. The big old bag down to the nightclub.
25: goo a try call one 330 and you'll receive a one-week supply of blue goo absolutely free the makers of blue goo are even paying the shipping the number again is one 330 if you want more information on blue goo visit online at www.dothegoo.com now available at select big five stores near you now more of ring talk with
0: pedro fernandez The big payback. Man,
3: when a woman hits you with a big payback, you've been hit, believe me. The knockout punch, no doubt about it. Bang! No matter how good your chin is, when she hits you and this payback, it hurts. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide, Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific, and that's 2 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Ring Talk Radio Network. Of course, we're talking MMA, and of course, right now, the man, talk about Connor Moray, the lightweight champion of the USC, is not a lightweight champion per se. He's a boxer and of course he's going to take on Floyd Mayweather August 26th live on pay-per-view and a hundred million dollar fight all that kind of good stuff anyway Paul Malinaji, former United States Golden Glove champion I think he held a a professional world title as well but the bottom line is former U.S. Golden Glove champion from Brooklyn New York uh at 140 pounds he says quote according to him in his latest tweet um at Paul Malinaji, yeah this coming week I'll actually start to discuss a bit what happened on Tuesday." He, Cotton McGregor, whimpers like a girl when he gets ripped to the body. LOL. Well guess what? I don't think that Holly would put that out there if he wasn't serious about it. And you know, he doesn't take much punch, many punches to the body. I mean he's not used to this is a whole different world. This is a boxing world where somebody's gonna stand up and he's to be giving his body out there. Not that Mayweather's that hard of a puncher, but see, but Mayweather hits crisp and he hits fast. When he hit fast like that, Things happen, because you don't see punches coming. As I said earlier in hour number one, those are the punches that always got me. The punches I did not see coming. Wow. that's the, Hey, that's just the way it is. I didn't see it coming. It's like you're a Danny Cormier earlier. I don't know what was going on. I was doing real well in the fight, and then, then he got knocked out. He got kicked in the head. Once you get separated from your senses, things change. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide, 34-plus years now. You're inside. Look at the world of combat sports. The longest-running fight show in history. My name is Pedro Fernandez, and I thank you so much for joining me today. If you are joining us for the very first time, let me welcome you to the Ring Talk family of listeners. If You've been here for a long time. Hey, it's old school, baby. Until next time, this is Ring Talk live worldwide from the city of Bay, San Francisco, California.